this morning, this morning. Actually, before we keep going, I, I did want to just, uh, over the last few weeks, we've had a bunch of fun learning and activating together in terms of what God's doing in the room in a moment, and um, just being attuned to that and what God's up to. And so I, I just want to take a minute before we jump too deep into our next little part in the prayer model that we've been looking at together. Um, if, you have, if you haven't had a copy of the book, I've got a bunch here on the front seat, so I might just see if I can get... If you haven't got one of those or you, you've forgotten your copy or whatever, just put your hand up and we'll get another copy to you. Um, but just as Nicole's walking around with those, I wanted to just stop for a minute and draw attention to something I felt like the Lord was doing just as we were worshipping then. Um, Oh, there was, a, there was a lyric in one of those songs about, um, oh, now it's dropped out of my head, um, about our hearts being open to you. Was that in the, um, I don't know if it was in the last song, <laughs> I was kind of in another space, but, or if it was in the, the classic song, bef- the classic hymn before that. But there was a sense of the Lord's heart being, we were opening our hearts to the Lord, and I I sense there was a sincerity about that for many of you in the room this morning, that there was like a a sincerity of a heart being postured towards God. And I wanted to just stop and say, God saw that. God saw that. God saw the posture of your heart today. And he's coming to meet with you. He's pushing, it might have been in the first song, he's pushing everything aside to to get to your heart today. But he sees the posture. And um, in particular, one of the people that I noticed um, welcoming the Holy Spirit this morning during the worship time was, I I really felt like, where's, I can't see him in the room right now. (laughs) Oh, there, Taj. There you are, mate, wearing the purple as appropriate, maroon as appropriate on a week like this. <laughs> Even though Dad's shaking his head, that's all right. Hey, um, Taj, as you were drumming this morning, I, I felt as though the Holy Spirit was particularly present with you. And um, there was something particularly like as you were worshipping, it seemed like God was using you to sort of push some things out of the way for God's love to reach people. And um, I wanted to just stop and say, I saw that. (laughs) Um, I saw that. And I I feel like God wants to um, just bless that in you. I think there's... it's more than just playing drums, you know. It's more than just finding a rhythm or a beat and playing it. It's... What was happening there was um, flowing out of your relationship with God and it was blessing others. So I, I want to take a minute just to bless you. Can we do that? Awesome. Some of you folk just around Taj might just want to put your hands on Taj and bless what God's doing in his life. Let's just take a minute and partner with what God's doing in the room. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. And we thank you particularly, Lord, for the grace uh, of your love on Taj. Holy Spirit, would you come now? 
even more, even more. Let your presence, your power, your grace, your encouragement come even more, Lord, with greater increase for Taj. Lord, there was a sense this morning as he was worshipping you with the drums that um, there was a love being poured out towards you, God, but, th- but there was like a hint of desperation in it too. It was like, God, I really need you. And Taj, I feel like the Lord was just saying, you know, I saw that and I heard that and I felt that. It's like your prayers, even as you're, you know, drumming. It's like he hears your prayers, mate, and he's rushing to answer them. And and um, just as we're praying for you this morning, maybe this was a scripture for you that um, was drawn to my attention while we were worshiping. But it was we were singing about all of it, all of your promises, God, to us. A yes. Um, your faithfulness towards us is our confidence. That's what we put our confidence in. And, and so I just want to read a scripture over you, Taj. And, and for anyone else that this lands for, just receive it, okay? Welcome it. It's uh, from Paul's letter to the, the, the Ephesian Christians. And he says in Ephesians 1, he writes, um, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every blessing in Christ Jesus. For he chose... In him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters of Jesus. That's where you belong, Taj, right there. One of his sons. And that's according to his good pleasure and will. And Paul talks about how this glorious grace, it's freely given through the one that he loves, through Jesus. And in him we have redemption, forgiveness, according to the riches of his grace that he lavishes upon us with all wisdom and understanding. So what you're experiencing right now, mate, as the Holy Spirit's touching you, is it's the lavish wisdom of God to choose in a moment like this to zero his affections on you and say, I love you, mate. You're my son. All that I have, all the promises I've made for you through Jesus are yours. And that the confidences of his presence would be yours. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. So I bless that to you, Taj. We bless you today, mate. And maybe Dave and Neil and Sean, you guys might have a picture or a word or something you might want to... Just quietly pray with Taj as I keep pushing on here with the teaching. So um, this morning we're going to uh, keep working with our prayer model here. And we, our, our, third, um, our third one that we want to get into this morning, we've pretty much covered the basics of it all. But let's just go to that first slide again if we could. Um, thanks, Wayne. Which is that in the vineyard, everyone is given gifts, skills, callings to serve God, and we believe anyone can do the work of the kingdom. We are all commissioned. Um, no, it, no one particular is um, excluded from the invitations of Jesus to do what Jesus does. One of the, one of the um, 
one of the challenges I think for many Christians and particular Christian culture and church cultures over the years is that um, people have a very have a difficult time transitioning what they see happening with um, a particular leader or anointed person or that God uses powerfully in a context of you know getting together like this and their everyday life. And translating, what would that actually look like in my everyday life where I have to get up and make the kids breakfast or pack the lunches or, you know, uh, put on the work boots and go to work every day and then, and then be faithful about, you know, the vocation that I work in every day. What would it look like for what we see talked about and experienced, particularly with, you know, um, you know, um, people who have positions of influence and teaching, what would that look like in my real life every day? There seems to be a big hurdle for us to, to get over to realising that actually what we experience or what we see or who we even ascribe as particularly anointed, that stuff everyone gets to do in the context of their everyday life. And it, 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 it kind of... It kind of surprises me, and it doesn't at the same time. Um, the amount of reaction I get from people uh, when, 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 when I start to push into this space, there's 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 great sense of welcome and a great sense of resistance at the same time. It's, what do you mean I get to do this stuff? Yeah, um, you get to do this stuff. Everyone, every one of those self-disqualifying things has to move aside and. You, you, you welcome the invitation of Jesus to do what Jesus does. And then for others of us, it's a great sense of welcome. Um, but, you know, I, just yesterday morning, I, had a, I was out for my morning walk and walking my dog that I do every morning. And it was particularly cold yesterday morning. It was like five degrees where I was walking. And um, walking with Tilly and, you know, I'm... My goal was to get through the walk and get home to some nice warm coffee. That was my goal for the walk, for the morning. But usually along the way when I'm, I'm walking and I talk to the dog a lot and I talk to God a lot as well. Sometimes I get them confused actually who I'm talking to. But most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm talking to God, just letting the meditations of my heart spill out of my mouth, you know, towards God. And um, anyway, yesterday morning, I'm walking along with my dog and, um, you know, this guy comes from towards me on the other side of the road and he's just walking towards me and it's a bloke I haven't seen for about four years and our kids used to be in the same sports club together and so we used to hang out on the side of the road and watch our kids do triathlons and stuff and anyway, I just waved because he was on the other side of the road and, g'day mate and... Anyway, he was quick to just run across the road and to want to meet with me. And anyway, he shared with me that um, he, not long ago, in May, he'd been diagnosed with stage four cancer um, and um, went into all the details and so forth. And I was just like, and I just told him, I said, mate, that's, you know, he, he, he was pretty colourful with his language. <laughs> and so I just, I just replied to him. I said, yeah, mate, using his words. I said, it's all of that and more, you know, what you're going through right now. It's absolutely all of that and more. 
and I'm really sad that you're going through this. And um, he talked some more, and I asked him a few things about how you're going with your mental health, how you're going with trying to provide for your family, how you're going with, um, do you have any support mechanisms around you with just people that you, you know, blow off some steam with or cry with and all of that. And um, he talked, we talked it through for about 10 minutes, and then he, he said to me, listen, I've got to go. And I said, listen, mate, before you go, um, can I just pray with you? I'm one of those guys that follows Jesus and I believe Jesus is interested in healing people just like it is in his book in the Bible. And so would you let me pray with you? And, you know, as soon as I put that on the table, the tears are welling up in his eyes. He's, he's starting to go from being strong and brave to pretty, you know, uh, vulnerable. And the only word he could get out of his mouth was please. So I, I just said, oh, mate, I'm just going to reach over and put my hand on your shoulder and start praying for you. And he said, please. And so we prayed together and we invited Jesus to bring his kingdom and that the cancer would be cursed and it would be rid, rid out of his body by God's mercy and, and that healing and strength would return. You know, I practiced a few of those prayers like last week we were talking about, you know, the prayer of command. I, wasn't pr- I prayed a little bit to God, like, oh, Father, here's my mate. Can you help? And then we went into the pr- I went into the prayer of command stuff, which is from God to, to the body. And I just I said, hey, and I spoke his name, and I said, so-and-so's body, you need to listen to me. <laughs> you need to get rid of that cancer in the name of Jesus, and you need to receive the kingdom of God and let healing and strength return to you and health and I prayed for a little bit like that the prayer of command stuff and he there was I was looking praying with my eyes open and you know we were on the footpath and so everyone who was doing their morning park run was kind of running around us and we were in the middle of it all and in the road of everything and everyone (laughs) and my dog was kind of like jumping around and thinking it was a great time at the same time Uh, it wasn't clinical it wasn't clean it wasn't a holy kind of sanctuary moment it was just people with God asking for the kingdom to come we prayed and I told him I said mate and then he gave me a handshake and then we did one of those awkward kind of bloke hugs that you don't know how to hug but you give it a go and or just totally awkward and it's like that was awkward wasn't it and he was like yep and so, anyway, I said, well, listen, mate, I'm going to keep you in my daily prayers. I want you to know from this day forward, I will be praying for you every single day till I hear news or see you on this footpath again. And he, and he said, thank you very much. And off he went, wiping the tears from his eyes. Um, it, it, this, is what, this is what we're about. This is what we're about. Walking our everyday life filled with the power of the Spirit, partnering with the heart of God for the people that cross our path. It's that complex. It's that simple. That's the life that Jesus has commissioned and invited us to live with him. And so, guys, everything that we've been tooling you up with over the last few weeks, that's what it looks like when you go from here to where you're actually doing your life, taking it with you into your context. And I want to encourage you, keep 
going after that stuff and it'll feel awkward, it'll, it'll seem like the context isn't right, it'll even feel like it's not like, wow, oh, this doesn't feel like one of those holy moments, that's all right. Just step into the mess and let the king bring his love into that space. You guys have been anointed for this. You guys have been filled by the goodness of God for this. You guys have been called to partner with the Father's heart for this. So this morning, we've been through all of the, the, the steps of the uh, workshop. So can we go to the next one? Thanks, Wayne. We've, we've looked at the – and the next one. Jump ahead again. So, you know, it's, this is a, just a simple model about being relationally geared and connected with God – uh, learning to listen to the Holy Spirit, it ends and begins and ends with mercy, and it's um, we're seeking God's will and God's best for the people we're praying for. Um, simple. Next slide, thanks, Wayne. The interview that I didn't even have to interview my mate yesterday on the footpath. He just told me everything that was going on. But as he was going on and telling me everything that his circumstance um, contained. Next slide, thanks, Wayne. I was busy listening and postured towards, what, what's going on here, God? Give, give me your heart. Give me an insight. Show me how to connect with what you're doing um, and, and how to pray. Is this just a, uh, is this a spiritual thing? Is it a natural thing? How, how do you want me to pray? So we, I, I was just doing that as he was telling me his story. Um, I didn't particularly have to lean in for hard word, you know, to get a word of knowledge of know how to pray. I was just presented with the facts. And and so next slide, thanks, Wayne. We'll jump into um, the prayer, what to pray. I just jumped in with, um, okay, I thank the Father for, for him. I thank the Father for the kingdom. And then I just started to do those prayers of command that we taught about last week addressing the circumstance with the love and the authority of God. Um, let's jump over to step four. There'll be, if we can go to the next slide. Keeping your eyes open. I just kept my eyes open. Uh, that might sound like, like, really, you have to be told how to keep your eyes open? Yes, yes, you do. Because everyone I watch praying for people, the first thing they want to do is close their eyes and bow their head. What we're trying to do is keep your eyes open and see what God's up to. Because Jesus said, I only do what I see my dad, my father is up to in John 5. There's, there's a reason why Jesus prayed with his eyes open. He wanted to see the impact of the kingdom coming as, it, as, the, as the signs, wonders, power and phenomena attached with the power of God was touching a person's life. Just like before, just, you know, for example, you know, we were praying for Taj over there. And, and as we started to pray for Taj over there... You, you may have seen some of the physiological impact of God touching him. You know, while he was just sitting there, he, the power of God was coming on him and he started to buckle under it and yield under it. There was, so we're looking for the signs of the king coming and we're partnering with that. Same yesterday with my mate on the side of the street. Uh, I had one eye on him and the other eye on my dog who was like keen to keep moving. But it was like I was, eyes open when we're praying. Don't pray with your eyes closed, guys. Pray with your eyes open. And asking questions. What's God up to? Can you feel anything? Are, can, can you, are you experiencing anything? 
And, um, and I just simply, with this guy yesterday, I was, in terms of what I was seeing, I just, uh, rather than ask the question, I just told him what I could see happening. I said, I can see God's touching you by the tears in your eyes and the shaking of your body. I just said, I can see that. And he was, you guys, this is, this is not crazy stuff. This is discipleship Jesus style. My question is, why isn't everyone doing it? Why have we given authority only to the Christian superstars to do this stuff? So I just need you to understand, you guys are called to join in with what the Father's up to. Um, next slide, thanks, Wayne. We, last week we touched on the, the whole phenomena of some of the things of what happens as the Spirit is touching a person's life. And then after the um, – is it on the, that next slide? Thanks, Wayne. Uh, no, maybe I've got the wrong ones here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, it was the one before it. There, there it is, there it is. We, we went through this stuff last week. These are some of the signs of the Spirit touching people, some of the phenomena that takes place, the physiological response. We looked at all of that. Now, what I, what I didn't say last week is, because we were teaching that from the perspective of looking at what's happening for people, I didn't actually teach into, and there's a whole other arm to this, of the physiological impact on you as the prayer and listening to the power of the Spirit touching you and leading you as you're praying for someone. You know, a simple, little simple one is often if I'm near people that need healing, all of a sudden uh, my hands will start to get incredibly hot. It's like I don't have incredibly hot hands. Uh, they just all of a sudden got get hot. And it's like the Holy Spirit's trying to tell me, you, you need to put these on where there's some brokenness. And so I start to, who, who needs this? <laughs> but all of this is, we're, we're kind of geared towards the kingdom coming. So there's some of the phenomena. We'll jump to the next slide. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, this is the one I want to finish off with today, the post-prayer direction. You know, after we finish praying with people, it's like, we're looking for these little moments to finish off the mo off the uh, encounter and what's happening. Uh, is this a now moment where the power of God is is touching a person, or is this a not yet moment, one of those awkward ones where it seems like nothing's happening at all? And how do we respond? Um, for some people, it's a moment where they've clearly been set free from from past sin or. Um, vices and and we see even like in John chapter eight where where um, you know the the there's this dear woman who's being hauled in front of this religious council because Jesus is there and this this religious council says hey Jesus what do we do with this dear woman because she's been caught in adultery and full well knowing that there was you know laws in place where this woman could be 
uh, stoned for her behavior. And, and so Jesus sort of bends down onto the ground and sort of squiggles in the ground with his finger. And I think he's sort of having a bit of a moment like, hey, Father, what do I do here? What's my response? What are you up to? And then he says these words. He says, well, any of you who uh, don't have any sin going on, feel free to throw the first stone. Cutting, cutting word of wisdom. There's a, that's a Holy Spirit moment there of, of a gift of the Spirit, a word of wisdom that brings the kingdom. So the wise in the room that heard the word from Jesus, they were the first to walk away. They were the first to walk away because they realized they themselves had issues of sin. Eventually, everyone leaves the scene except Jesus with this dear woman. And Jesus' final words to her are, Go and sin no more. I don't condemn you and neither does my father. But he gives her a word of commission to finish the, the moment, which is, Go and stop the sinning. Sometimes when we've prayed with people, they need a little bit of a, what do we do now after a moment like this? Some people, hey, it would be really good to go and see your doctor. If, you, if, 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 if there is a sense here which there has been a dramatic physiological healing or, or there may be a sense of mental healing, mental well-being and life, check, check. Go and check it in with your doctor. You know, Jesus wasn't afraid to tell people he touched. Go and see your doctor. Go and give them the testimony of what you think's happened in your life. He's, the veracity of the kingdom is not scared of the, 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 um, the medical opinion of the world. The veracity of the kingdom is not afraid of that. So Jesus just goes. So sometimes it's like if people heal, don't, don't just get off all your medication. Don't just... Go and see your doc. Let him verify what we believe and you believe the kingdom of God has done. Okay? Healing. Go and see your doctor. Encourage people. Maybe it's one of those not yet moments where it's like, yeah, didn't see too much going on there. That's okay. It may be an opportunity for you to further the relationship with them and say, let's, let's meet together and pray some more about this. Let's meet together and talk this through a bit more. Let's, let's talk about what God's doing or not doing and maybe why. But let's journey that out together. So maybe it may be a case of like all of a sudden people are um, spiritually hungry and lit up. What should I do? You know, what should be really good? Just get your nose back in the book. Read the Bible again. Or if you can't read it, get the audio version. Let it talk to you. Just, just get the scriptures back into you. All of a sudden you're thirsty for God again? Read the scriptures. Encourage people to stay active in their local churches and their local Christian relationships. Engage with people who are wanting to see you healed or the person healed. So a little bit of post-prayer direction, okay? Uh, lastly, I want to talk for a few minutes about manners. Uh, it's important that we have manners, believe it or not. Um, 
so we want to do everything we can to facilitate the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We do not want to do anything that might hinder his trying to meet people at their point of need or hurt. Uh, the reason why we're sort of just drilling into this with a little bit of detail and talking about manners is because you'd be surprised how many manners we don't have <laughs> when it comes to this stuff of praying with people. If we jump onto that next, the next slide would be great. You know, Jesus sent people out in pairs. And there's a reason for that. Because we all see in part and hear in part. Paul tells us that in Corinthians. In other words, we kind of get a bit of a glimpse of maybe what's going on with, in a moment as we're praying for people. And it's wonderful to have others with you who can say, you know what, I'm seeing something similar or complementary or I'm hearing this scripture that fits with what we think God's wanting to minister into. Um, working with others in, in praying for people is really important. It's a model that Jesus encouraged his disciples to. Um, being crowd sensitive um, let me just uh, touch on that one. If you're part of a group of people um, praying for someone, you know, two or three people, that's good. But you don't want to overcrowd the person being prayed for. It's, it's okay to kind of just, you know, maybe one or two of you lay your hands on and the others just kind of stand back and stand around. I know... Um, Hover nearby. The last thing you want is to have the person swamped, <laughs> swamped by our enthusiasm. <laughs> we, we want them to meet with the Holy Spirit. We want them to meet with God. Uh, being crowd sensitive, be aware of privacy issues, uh, especially when you're dealing with sensitive issues or demonization. We can talk some more about that in another moment. Uh, try to find sometimes private, in, more private environments where um, ministry can happen that would preserve people's dignity. Um, we mentioned this last week. It's, it's not about the spectacular. It's about people meeting with God. We don't want them to feel like um, they're being made a spectacle of. We are wanting to keep them um, we want them to know that they're, they're loved and they're cared for in a moment like that where God's touching them. Be gender sensitive. We, we encourage people to minister. Guys, pray with guys. Uh, ladies, pray with the ladies. Or um, mixed teams is fine. Um, but sometimes, you know, I've been in prayer contexts where we're praying, uh, we're praying for a woman and there's other women there in the group and then all of a sudden the nature of the conversation and the prayer starts to move into a direction that's very private. It's like, I just like, okay, you know what? It's not appropriate for me to be here in this moment anymore. This is for the ladies only, you know, and so I just step away. Be Be sensitive. Be sensitive. Have manners. It's not about our enthusiasm. It's about God meeting the person that we're praying with and ministering to. Um, if you find yourself with a heart to pray for someone who's the opposite gender, then please ask someone of that same gender to join you to go and pray with someone. 
Don't go out there on your own. Be body sensitive. Uh, be aware of private areas of, of the body. This is particularly true when ministering to people of the opposite gender. You know, so most, most of the times if, if I'm in a group that's praying for a woman, I will probably place my hand on, on their hand or on their shoulder. Like, and, I, and I clearly, clearly tell them what I'm about to do. Are you okay if I just place my hand on your shoulder here? Or I'm just going to place my hand on your shoulder if that's okay. Just signal it. Manners are important. And I'm telling you now, <laughs> in the context of the culture and the world in which we're living, even more so in this moment. And we should be leading the way about what it looks like to do things with kingdom culture and dignity for others. So manners, use your manners. Be, be careful about where you put your hands. Um, be careful about who you're touching and where and why. Um, we want at all times to make sure people are never, ever feeling violated at all. You might think it's... Why are you even having to talk about this, Kirk? Because we've seen it happen in people's enthusiasm or for lack of understanding. So just pay attention, all right, and have manners. Um, avoid harmful advice. For instance, don't tell someone who has a compressed vertebrae um, who says that they've just been healed, well, just start jumping up and down and let's test that. No, no, send them to the dock. If that compressed vertebrae is healed, it's as healed now as it will be when you go and see the doctor. So go and show the doctor and let the doctor confirm the healing has taken place. Jesus said to them in Matthew 8, 4, see that you don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them, which is basically the, the cultural context of go and show the doctor that will affirm that you are healed. Confidentiality. If you can't keep your mouth shut, don't pray with people. If you, if you can't keep your mouth shut, if you're prone to wanting to gossip about the nuts and the bolts of what was going on, of people sharing their life, don't minister to people. Don't share the information that is given in confidence in a moment of ministry. We don't want to breach trust with people. Um, if someone you're ministering to says, you can't tell me, uh, sorry, you can't tell anyone what I'm about to say. Just red flag it. Just go, okay, hang on before we go any further. Before we go any further, clarify them with them that you don't keep things from your, um, maybe your spouse or your ministry leader, like a small group leader or pastoral leader, because sometimes what they're about to tell you is, is beyond our pay grade. <laughs> it's okay? It's like, 
hang on a minute, they're about to tell me something that I have not ever dealt with and they need to know it's not going to stop here with me because I'm going to need some help to help them further down the road. Okay? So when you know it's beyond your pay grade, <laughs> it's like, whoop, hang on a minute, it's okay. Just put the red flag up and just say, I just need you to know. If you're about to tell me something, uh, uh, because what that does is it prevents you from being put into a corner with information and, and held. That's, that's, not, that's not our role as ministers of, of love and the kingdom. Our role is to bring people into health and healing. And so I want to encourage you, confidentiality, yes, but if, and, and particularly, yes, if information is being shared that is of, uh, of a confident nature. And, uh, but if someone starts to flag with you, you can't tell anyone what I'm about to say. Just, hey, hold that thought. <laughs> Just hold that thought. I need you to know. If you're about to share something with me that's beyond my pay grade, I'm going to need some help to be able to help you. And so I'm probably going to share it with my spouse for some help or someone in ministry in the local church who I know could help us. Alrighty? And use discretion with manifestations of the Holy Spirit. As mentioned the other week, when the Spirit starts to touch people, we realize we can't control some of this phenomena, but we can help people in terms of not making them a spectacle in the moment. Uh, lastly, I uh, wanted to say, if you're in a group of people, maybe three or four people who are praying with someone, just wait your turn. Just wait your turn. There's plenty of room. Don't feel like you need to rush in. Just wait your turn. There will be room for you to be able to pray and bring what it is that the Lord's showing you or sharing with you. Manners. We talk about manners because we need manners. Um, and um, there's a way in which we can facilitate ministry for people. All righties. That's, um, that's it. Next week, I, I've asked, I've asked um, Dave Delaney. He's going to come and he's going to talk with us a little bit about next week, about in prayer ministry when we're praying with people, not praying our stuff onto or into people, but praying what the Father is saying. There's a big difference. Sometimes we get a little enthusiastic and we're just like, okay, I'm just, and we jump in and start praying our stuff into the moment rather than praying what the Father is saying. So we're going to, and we're going to explore that a little bit together next week, which I think is... Uh, a really important point for us to get a hold of. All righty, this morning, let's take, some, take a few minutes.